0: Would you please uh, stand up? It's after sitting. And uh, we're going to make a confession here. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. Nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. It's good to have every one of you here tonight. Uh, I have a message tonight, a title, Find It in the Deep. Find whatever you desire from God in the deep. And uh, the scripture we have here is in Luke chapter 5. And I'm going to read from verse 1 through 5. It says, uh, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, that Simon Peter. And asked him to put out a little from the land that's launched into the deep. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. He sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Let me give you two scriptures. That I consider so, so important with regards to the Christian faith. It's like the scriptures will always go back and let us know what is truly important. It's a principle. Something to live by. Sometimes we read it and we just move on. Uh, both of them are found in chapter 8. So I'll get Peter here to remember. Chapter 8. In uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, God says, I put you through all these tests. Because I want you to know that man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He wants us to know that. That's what you live by bread. You got natural life. Your natural life needs life. Things to live by. You live by that but really not alone if you are going to truly live you need the word of God. And he had to work on the children of Israel. To drive in that message. Got them mad. So they would have to think about it. What he had said. Man does not live by bread alone. If you are a human being. You need the word of God. You need the word of God. on it. You can check that. Now John chapter 8 tells us this. And you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. You shall know the truth. So the truth is the word of God. That you have to live by. So the quest for a Christian. All your Christian life. Whether you are in church or at home. Wherever you are. Your quest. Your greatest quest. Is to get a hold of the word of God. And that's what you're doing tonight. That's all you need. That's what you need to live by. The word of God. So, you can see from this scripture here, if you really want to have revelation from God, God will reveal himself. Notice in this chapter, the first thing it says, the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. They didn't come to see miracles. They didn't come for healing. All they wanted from Jesus was to hear the word of God. I wish that were true for the church today. They pressed around him. They gave him no room. They wanted to be close. They wanted to hear the word of God. No other thing but the word. They knew what was important. And if you have that strong desire, notice they left everything. Their business, whatever they were doing. That didn't matter. They wanted to hear the word. Not food, nothing. They gathered around you And he says, they pressed about around about him. Just to hear his word. My prayer, is that the case for Christians today? Well, I heard that before. Uh, There's nothing new there, I already know. No, you don't understand. It's divine word. It's very dynamic, it changes. Every time you read, you get something new. Something to live by. You wonder if you've been there before. Many of you have been there, you read and it's like, oh my God, I've been reading this for 16 years. Now, how come this comes out? Because it's a living word. He comes, he jumps out at you. And let me tell you this, once you find out the truth, at that point, your life is changed. It's so obvious. Once the truth jumps out at you, your life is changed. No matter what is going on, the truth revealed. remember, once it jumps out from the Word and is revealed to you, at that point, you know exactly what to do. If you were fasting, you don't need to fast. I have certain ministers, they go for fast, and after the first day of fast, God gives them a word from the Scripture, no need to fast anymore. Amen. Because they got it. And from that time on, it works. It will work. So man's greatest quest, from the Old Testament all the way to the New, is the Word of God. To get a hold of the Word of God. Because it will change your life. He will bring faith into your life. He will clothe you with favor. Everywhere you go, just the word of God. And that's what these people needed. They came to Jesus and they pressed on him. In my mind, and I'll tell you why, I think Jesus was looking for something himself. If you want to preach, why go by the riverside? By the ocean? My personal belief, he was looking for Peter, James, and John, and Andrew. But the people wouldn't give him room. They went with him. <laughs> Notice, uh, Peter, James, and John, they had been with him in, uh, in Cana, where they saw the miracle. And Jesus moved from Nazareth and moved to Capernaum. They, they walked in Capernaum where, by the Lake of Galilee, right, where they fished. And so my thinking is, based on the story from John chapter 1, In, in being with Jesus for a while, they went back to their stuff. And Jesus was looking for them, amen? And he walked by there to see what they were doing. Their boats were there, Peter and John. He knew them well. You can't just walk up to a stranger and say, "Can I, I'm going to push your boat back there and let me sit in it. You can't do that. He knew them well. And Peter knew who he was. Because if you read the scripture, he knew to call him master. So he knew them. I believe Jesus was looking for them. But the people wanted the word. And they got to have the word. And so Jesus said, push that boat back. I got to talk to these people. So they pushed the boat back and he spoke to them. Notice when Jesus arrived... Their boats were standing there. There was a multitude around Jesus. But they had left their boats. Because you know the story. They fished all night long. They were fishermen. They knew the job well. But on this time, this particular time, they had been in the sea. They knew it was better to catch fish at night. I believe they did. That was why they went there. And then during the days for their business, but I've, I believe that Jesus saw them struggling all night long. when I was divine i don 't know, but he wanted he wanted them. He went to look for them. But notice they caught nothing, business wasn 't going good, so they left their boat and they were washing their nets. Let me say this for a Christian. It's not time yet to wash your net. Okay? It's not time to wash your net. They see more that God needs from you. Don't hang it up because you've done everything you know to do. And it's not working for you. Don't give up. Don't give up yet. Especially when Jesus is close by. There's no need to give up. Because Jesus is close by you. Now... Notice what happened here. Jesus borrowed Peter's boat. Question. What do you have? I mean, he borrowed the boat for the spread of the gospel, right? They needed the word. He borrowed Peter's boat. And Peter had to be involved in it as well. Peter had to be willing. Jesus sat in the boat and he told Peter, push it in. A little bit away from the people so I can speak to them. So Peter was part of what was going on. Can you get that? Let me ask you a question. What do you have that the master needs for the spread of the gospel? What do you have? What can he borrow from you to spread the gospel? What can he get from you to spread the gospel? Sometimes you give him something. For most part, from all of us, we give him what's not profitable, right? What's going on here? <laughs> First, the, the speaker went off. I can hear that. Are we having problems back there. Oh, oh. lord. Hey, let me go on. Let's let's, let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> let's not talk about that. I can yell. Wow. So, we give him something. Sometimes we're so tired of our lives. There's nothing. But he says, give it to me. They fished all night. They caught nothing. The boat was useless to them at that point. The boat was already useless. They didn't need the boat. Master, you want it? You can have it. You want it push forward? I'll do that too. Most of the time in our lives, there's nothing we can do more. What we have is not helping us. Why don't you let the master use it? Why don't you give it over to the master? Because then when he passes from your hand into his hand, he becomes useful again. Life flows into it again. What do you have? That the master can borrow from you to spread the word of God. Peter gave him his boat. Now, Jesus then told Peter, after he had spoken, you can read that from verse 3. Jesus spoke to the crowd, spread the gospel. It says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, guess who he spoke to? Who pushed the boat out? Who is he speaking to again? He spoke to Simon. Not to James. Not to John. Not even to Andrew. Because the first word was straight to Simon. Simon had to push the boat. Now when he got through... It's time for Simon to launch into the deep for a catch. Now, let me tell you, you cannot give anything to Jesus. You know, loan him something. He'll pay you back with a lot of interest. You want to invest? Go find Jesus. Amen. You need some good stock markets? Find Jesus. He'll pay you back. You know, Peter wasn't asking for anything. Right? Master, you need it. You can have it. It's useless to me. Go ahead. Have it. But when, it, when the Word of God comes into it, everything changes. Not that Jesus was sitting in that boat. Guess who Jesus is? He is the Word of God. He was sitting right there in the boat. But then Jesus said to him, when he had f- stopped speaking, usually me you stop speaking and then he starts praying for the sick. But this time he's different. He had to address Simon. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. He said to Peter. Just a simple command. I'm thinking, if you were Peter, he's thinking, I know all of us think, Jesus, Son of God, that's true. But in his time, uh, he was a carpenter, okay? Jesus the carpenter. Read John chapter 6. The people knew him as carpenter. Because that was his trade. And I'm sure that he had a lot of Design in his carpentry stuff that people were talking all over town. Have you seen the son of Joseph? He does an amazing job, okay? (laughs) He can create stuff and make things easy for us. He was doing his job. So they knew him as a carpenter. He was well known all over Nazareth. He was the carpenter. And my point is, they saw him, You are a carpenter. We are fishermen right we're fishermen we know the waters it's, it, business is not good this time we've been out but jesus says launch out into the deep for a catch you're going to catch something even though you caught nothing before you will catch something Lunge out into the deep for a cast. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. What you need, we, what we need in life, everything that's precious in life, you can't find it in the surface. If you want gold, you got to dig If you want black gold, or you have to go deep. There's nothing precious that is found on the surface. Finally gave up, right? (laughs) There's nothing precious in life. That's why the Bible says, ask and you will find. I mean, ask and you will receive. Knock, the door will be open to you. You Seek and you will find. You need to seek. You can't get it on the surface. You've got to do something. Sometimes it's fasting. Sometimes it's prayer. Sometimes it's spending time with the world. Whatever you need to do, we have to do that for you to get results. Well, it's the Lord. (coughs) <coughs> Excuse me. he's the Lord? Let me do whatever He wants. That doesn't work. never work with God. You know who did that and paid a serious price? Eli. Maybe you don't remember Eli. Eli was the priest. Samuel was there, and the prophet had spoken a word, and Samuel also spoke the same. And then all he said was, "Is the Lord? Let Him do whatever He wants. No repentance. No crying out. Nothing." He lost, his, he lost his whole family for that. He did nothing. But Hezekiah, remember Hezekiah? When you heard, prepare your house, you're about to die. He No, he wouldn't take it. He cried out to God. What we really need cannot be found in the surface. Some of us have dreams that God is giving to you in your heart. You've already washed your net and you're just sitting down waiting for something to happen. There is no fight in you anymore. You're just giving up. And you're hoping something is going to happen. Now, nothing will happen until you set your heart in it. Let your faith in God drive you to start doing whatever it is. That's what, what it takes. What you need is actually in the deep. That's the way it is. Everything that God has is in secret. He loves to keep things secret. It's for the Lord to keep secret. The glory of the Lord, the scripture says, to keep secret. But it's the glory of saints to find out those secrets. So we have to give some time. To so finding out the secret. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. That's what the, what the word says. Psalm 107, verse 23. Though, this is what it talks about people. It says, Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord. And it's wonders in the deep. So if you want to see wonders, go to the deep. The sea is wonders. You stay on the surface, you'll never see anything. Some 42 verse 7 which is scripture that we know and we'll come back to this scripture we sing it deep calls out to deep at the noise of your waterfalls all your waves and and billows have gone over me that's just the way it is god loves to keep things in secret but if we are attentive if we attend to his word and we have a desire to know you will, it will always come to you. The trouble we have is no desire will come into that. We don't want to search. We don't want to search. You can laugh at people who travel from place to place just to hear the word of God. There's something driving them. And they'll find God will never disappoint them. God will reveal himself to them. He who seeks, finds. That's just the way it is. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning from verse 9, and and I didn't put all of the scriptures there, uh, the Bible says, I had not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And you love him, but there are things that God has prepared for you. They were prepared for you before the foundations of the world. They are there. I hasn't seen it. It hasn't entered into the heart of man. No one is thinking about it. But God prepared it for you. He says, But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. And then he says, What man knows the things of a man? Is, for the spirit searches all things, he says, Yes. The deep things of God. So the Spirit is searching deep things of God. Why deep things of God? Not the surface things of God. The deep things of God. It says, for what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man that is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. But it says that we have received... The spirit of God. Not the spirit of the world. But the spirit of God. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us. But those things are in the deep. Because the spirit searches the deep things of God. To reveal it to us. It's never in the surface. You got to make room for it. There are people that wake up early. Early hours of the morning. To seek God. You have a problem. You know what God might, uh, the, the, the reason why God may have allowed that? Because he's seen, He's wanting you to search for him. And he says, when you search for me with all of your heart, you'll find me. We like to read that scripture. Is it Jeremiah 29 verse 11? Well, you know, God, the scripture is there. But when you read that, with, I have a future for you. But then it says, then you will go and search for me. And then you'll find me if you search for me with all of your heart. Maybe that situation, God says, I don't have all of your heart yet. I don't have all of your heart yet. I have things I want to reveal to you. I want to transform your life so that you can have influence on that other people's lives and change their lives. The thing is about influence for the believer. You lighten other lives. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. That's the purpose of God. You transforming other people's life. His light in you, giving light to them. But when it doesn't have your whole heart, there is no much light. And Jesus said, if the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness. So we need to search in the deep. So that the Holy Spirit can reveal things to us with which we can transform other people's lives. Do you know what to do. Not just your life, but other people's lives as well. And you see wonders, wonders of God as you go into the deep. And everyone can. That's what I realized. God's not it's perf- not partial. It depends on whether you want it or not. And how badly you want it. Sometimes you have Christians that have been saved for a year. They have accomplished more than this Christian brother who is really holy. He's been in church for 30 years. This guy just came in. Passion for God. He wants more. Can never be satisfied. Deep course unto deep. You see, the greatest thing that God wants for us, I put it here dissatisfaction is a must. Uh, dissatisfaction is a must. That's what keeps the lack of it is what keeps us stagnant. There's no desire, no fire. That's our prayer. And it's the worst place to be as Christians. I've done my part. Let them do the the rest. Who told you that? What have you done? Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. We're so quickly satisfied with what we have accomplished. What have you accomplished in God? It's not over. You're still living. You cannot be satisfied. Once you get to that place, you are neither hot nor cold. You're just going to church. Look one. I'm speaking to the wrong crowd tonight. <laughs> it's a terrible place to be. Let me give you a secret. For me, I beg God constantly. Please help me. I'm still doing that till tomorrow. I don't want to get there. I don't want to feel satisfied. No. No matter how it is, I've been talking to God about that for years. You know, I was talking to some of us that came for prayer this morning, and we prayed for our church. How many Christians, does it really burn you that you don't have somebody that looks to you as a spiritual parent? It doesn't bother you. It's it's a serious matter. I, you know, I, I know it's God's grace. It's not me. It's God's grace. But there was a time before I came to the U.S., I was thinking, God, what's wrong with my life? I witnessed to people, I can't have these guys. They come in and they go right back out. And they, some of the converts I had, they come with me to church. And they get persecuted. Those days were serious days of persecution. Christianity was new to our area. It was really rough. If you go to church, they call you you all kinds of names, SU or whatever, Scripture Union people, they call them. And so nobody wants labels, and these guys will go back. And and they just go back. But we did some funny things in those days too. The ladies were not permitted to wear earrings. That was wrong. That was a sin. You couldn't wear blue jeans. That was our sin also. When I started off, we had all kinds of strange things in the church. So nobody wanted to be associated with that. So my converts never stayed. They went right back. And I was thinking, God, something is wrong with me. Because I didn't see that side of it. I used to teach them when I got back later. I got uh, to know a little better. Uh, And I said, why don't you all wear earrings? I mean, God punished the Jews for disobeying him. And the way he punished them was by taking their earrings from them. And you're punishing yourself. You don't even need God to punish you by taking your earrings off. But I, I, I will do everything they want me to do. Don't wear blue jeans. Don't do any of those things. And then start challenging some of their teachings. Uh, because if you did that, they won't listen to you anymore. You're you backsliding. We don't use that word either anymore. But it was painful to me that I had no converts. That I, could, I, I knew them. But the good thing is, while I was here, still thinking how miserably I had performed with regards to bringing people to God. These people had come back to God. Many of them. I have a a convert in California. She tells me, you brought me to the Lord. I say, I don't remember it. I I don't remember talking to you about that. I thought this or that guy. But I said, no, it was you. I don't remember. But it used to be a very, and and I don't want that pain to go. My life has to change somebody somebody else's life. I have to have that. God has, given, put in, God has put in me this treasure. I can't just sit down and let it waste. Whether I'm in the secular world or, world or here, I've got to touch somebody else's life. I enjoy it when I have to help. And see, what your life's transformed, you have to have that hunger. It's the lack of dissatisfaction in the heart of believers that's making us lukewarm. And God, what, what has he got to do? With, there is no business going on between you and him. Why should he be talking to you? Why should he be showing you things? You are not in the deep. You are in the, at the surface. Why should he be showing you revelation? Why should he give them? You are not busy. So that's that's what it's all for those of us here tonight. Tell yourself, God, can you show me an area? I'm new to this. Guess what? Even if you're 30 years in Christianity, you're still new to it. Amen. You're never an expert. The day you feel like you've arrived and you are becoming an expert, watch out, you're in real trouble now. In real trouble. You stay dissatisfied so you keep calling out to the deep so God can respond to you in that way. You know this is Psalm 41 of Psalm 42 where uh, the scripture says deep cross calls out the deep. Did you know how that chapter starts? You know how this chapter starts? This is how it starts. As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you. That's how it starts. You have to have it, a desire. Deep calls out to deep. It's got to be there. it really needs to bother you when it... Peace of God is not part of your life that much anymore. It's become a routine. You can easily come up with a, an excuse why I can't do it tonight. A little rain is gonna stop you from going there. This is the kind of things that happens. When you get to that place, it's not it's not it's not about the church, it's about your life. Used you to be a Christian. But God doesn't have much business to do with your life. Still protect you and love you. Hopefully get you to a place where somebody can talk to you so you can start seeking him. You know, the days are gone. Back in my time, uh, people sought the Lord. I've seen people staying up all night crying out to God to be filled with the Holy Spirit so they can speak in tongues. All night long. Every week. I know we don't have to do that. But their desire. And so I believe because of their desire, God's made the revelation very clear. So people don't have to do that. But that doesn't mean we just put everything aside and not follow after God. The glory of your life depends on how deep you want to go. The glory that you carry in your life. I... They, if we are around uh, demons, they recognize those who know. No, There's no difference between the anointing. Is God has revealed it to you? They know. They know what you. I don't know. I Don't ask me how this, that this happens. I don't know. Sometime back, God gave me the revelation that a demon, no matter how powerful it is, if in a person's life, if they want to be free, and they voice it with their mouth that they don't want that demon any ha- anymore. Uh, that demon has to go. If they if they're holding on to n- no secret, but they really desire for the demon to go, he, he lives. And you know these days because I know that and I've do- dealt with that. I'll be sitting with somebody who is demonized. Guess the first thing the demon says to me: I, "I'm this person. I'm not living, This person wants me here." It comes out of the man, and i 'm thinking, "How did you know that? <laughs> you know how did you know this principle? They know the principle, and sometimes they tell lies and I should cut it off you're lying i don't like to preach about demons, but you can. <laughs> I learned some things from what I'm seeing in that area because this principle there is a spiritual principle that governs the universe, and no one breaks those principles. God doesn't. I know that God cannot come into your life unless you let him. that's true. Almighty God will not invade your space unless you invite him. And coming to church is one way of inviting him. The way the spirit realm sees it, your presence here is, I need God. And he'll come to you. That's the way it is. You reverse it, they have to go. I better stop, Dave, because of uh, the light tonight. Listen, use this scripture and I'm going to stop. You know how preachers talk about (laughs) finally, and then they have a second finally, and then he says, now this is the real last finally, okay? (laughs) And then we're going to stop. Um. 2nd Kings 19 verse 30. And the remnant who have escaped from the house of Judah shall again take root, how? Downward. Oh, we don't have it up here. Oh, wow. They'll take root downward and then bear fruit, it says, upward. Downward and upward. You go deep, then you can go farther up. If you're going to build a tall building, you need to go deep with the foundation, right? Stand up with me. We have too much trouble with the lights. <laughs> I pray that you got something out of it. Really, this is one thing that I do, you know, because that's what Christianity is. That's what I do personally. I beg God a lot about things. To keep me safe in this field. Serving God. I know it's not about being a pastor. I have to be a Christian. So I beg God. Don't let me please. Go this way. I need to be close to you. Don't allow me to get lukewarm. Show me when I'm becoming lukewarm. I don't know what is going to be on the day of judgment. But I don't want to be guessing when I get up there. I want to be sure I've done everything that God wants me to do. So I need God's help. And I believe that when you do that, that's faith. He hears me. After I've settled it with him, and I've told him, I have that deed inside me, he's heard me. Then I can have joy inside of me. And I know that's because I've told him that, that's not going to happen to me. Because I asked him. Amen. And he is faithful. So that's what I do. If something concerns me, he says, cast your kids on him, upon him, right? I go talk to him about it. And when I come out, I know he has heard. I have no doubt he heard me. And my words have been settled up there, recorded. And God is faithful. That's how good it is. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord tonight and, and ask God to give you more revelation from His word that you've heard tonight and also give you the desire to search because there are more, not me, your life, there are things God wants to do through your life that no other person can do. There are things that God has placed in you and He wants to use you, but no other person No one looks like you. No one is like you. And you are not ordinary. Especially when you have brought Jesus into your life. You are not ordinary. God chose you from the foundation of the world for a purpose. So cry out to God, telling God, show me the reason why you saved me. Show me the reason why you created me. You are not ordinary. You are a child of God. God, use me. There used to be so many songs. God, I want to be used of you. Use me, God. Open doors for me. I want to be used of God. The church has forgotten that now. It's all how to survive, how to be wealthy. God will give you all those I added. That's not the issue. God, use me to change somebody else's life. I want to be used of you. I want to bear fruit. That's what this is all about. That is crying out to the deep. When you cry out to God, God, use me. I don't want to be ordinary. Use me. If we cry out to Him, He is faithful. He will hear us. Because that is His will. And if we pray according to His will, He hears us. So when I cry out to Him, He hears me. And He'll use me. God, use me in whatever capacity you want. I am willing. You can borrow my boat any day. You can borrow my boat any day. Use the boat to spread the word. It's not useful to me. I'm giving it over to you. That's what it is. And God will hear from heaven. And God will transform your life. And God will transform our church. And we will see people's life changed. And they are grateful to God because you were obedient to his call upon your life. And every one of you is called tonight. I'm telling you, I feel it very strongly tonight. Every one of you is called tonight to a purpose, to a work that only you can do. No one else can do it. And please don't look down on yourself. Don't insult the, the spirit of the Lord who has called you thinking about your own resources, your own abilities, and everything you can, your skills. No, God's not asking for your skills. He's asking for your obedience. And tonight is the night. You can talk to God tonight. God, I'm ready. Whatever you want, I'm willing. And God, make my heart willing. That's what it's all about. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, baptize us afresh tonight in the name of Jesus. Baptize us afresh with your Holy Spirit tonight. Baptize us afresh. It's so easy to just walk out so quickly and forget everything. God, we don't want to forget in the name of Jesus. Fill us with your Spirit tonight. Let your words arise in our hearts, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we will not be ordinary. We will be servants of the living God. We will be warriors for the kingdom of God. Tonight, O oh God, is night. according to your word, today is the day of salvation. Now, today is the accepted time. Thank you, Lord. Now is the accepted time. We give you praise, O God. We will not be ordinary. We want to be on fire for our God. In the name of Jesus. We need the fire of Jesus. The fire of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I believe God heard us tonight. I really believe. It's all by faith. And I believe your life is transformed tonight. Sometimes we make this thing as if it's just something we have to do in a routine form. No, 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 no. Discuss the blood of the Lord Himself. And we have to take this thing seriously. I'm I'm not living my life for the Ark Fellowship. I'm living my life for Him. This is what I do. But my life is for Him. It's more important to me than anything else. My relationship with Him. And born from that relationship, being able to help some of that person to find peace in God and joy in Him. That's what Christianity is all about. Being my brother's keeper, my sister's keeper. Make sure they are okay. Praying for them. That's what Christianity is all about. Amen? Let's go do what the word says. God bless you. We're dismissed.